Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, my guest is Colin Pape, who is the founder of PreSearch, and PreSearch is a new form of web browser. It's decentralized, so it means it's related to the blockchain, but it's one where you get to control all the results. And then don't go away, because my cyber tip of the week, I'm going to be talking to you about email. So if you're an email user, it's a segment you're not going to want to miss. So in tech news this week, Charles Schwab announced that they will no longer charge brokerage commission fees in the United States. And immediately, E-Trade and Ameritrade announced the same thing. And so all three companies' stock took a hit on the potential loss of revenue. And it was hypothesized that this was a response to Robinhood, a company that's a few years old in Silicon Valley, a a unicorn worth $7.5 billion dollars because they've been giving free trades out for a number of years. So then in another story that's probably related to the Schwab announcement is that Robinhood announced that although they started placing videos on their platform, they're going to make those ad-free. So this is just the begin, and I wonder if it's going to be what we call a race to the bottom, as uh, the established trading firms are trying to stay responsive to startups like Robinhood. On a video I just posted on my Facebook page, so go to Silicon Valley Insider on Facebook, um, I talk about a the advancements in Chinese artificial intelligence. And it's actually quite startling because a lot of commentary has been about the Chinese and how their artificial intelligence in the classroom can track facial recognition. Well, Chinese are advancing in AI very quickly, and so the latest news is that they're now tracking neural behavior. So whether a student potentially is falling asleep in class, whether they're paying attention, the amount of time they're being focused, and then as well, it can actually track the teacher performance. And so it's just a question of how far is too far in AI, and will this eventually make it to the West like the United States? There's some argument about what the AI really can see right now, but I think it's just a matter of time. Also, in relation to that, uh, there was a story about how the Chinese now, beyond facial recognition, actually has gait recognition, G-A-I-T. And so they don't need to see your face. They can tell by your body movements who you are. And that's the news of the week. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, I'm joined with Colin Pape, who is the founder of PreSearch, a decentralized search engine. Welcome back, Colin. Thanks for having me, Keith. Appreciate it. So, Colin, before we get into too much about PreSearch, I thought your background is really interesting. So, tell me how you actually got started in tech. Yeah, so I, I started uh, building websites in the late 90s as a teenager for my parents' small business and uh, ended up uh, kind of having this side business as I went to college. Uh, and I'm from a small town, and in the 90s, we actually didn't have high-speed internet. And so when I got to school and there was uh, broadband connectivity, 
I just couldn't get off. I, I was so excited to constantly be online. I was probably online, you know, 20 plus hours a day. And uh, when I, I first published uh, a web page and then had, realized the power of that platform that anybody in the world could go to a URL and find the content that I created, I was just in love with it. And so I ended up with a, a T1 connection in my bedroom at uh, 2021. Uh, my first server was a, a Cobalt Rack 4. Uh, and it was uh, just really exciting times. The dot-com rush was happening. Uh, had CNBC on constantly. And uh, it was just, you know, kind of the, the heyday of the Internet. I, I think I should really mention... Yeah, I think I should mention Colin is from Silicon Valley North. And when I say Silicon Valley North, I don't mean mm-hmm. North Bay, North California. This is Ontario, Canada. Right, Colin? <laughs> that, that's right, yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of activity happening here. Uh, the, the Kitchener-Waterloo area, uh, Toronto. And uh, and yeah, it's, it's really a, a tech hub, and in particular for, for blockchain, it's really kind of the... Uh, the place where Ethereum uh, came to life, uh, which is one of the, the top blockchains. And, uh, and yeah, there's just a, a lot going on here for, for being in, uh, you know, the great white north. Oh, I, I, love, I love Waterloo. One of the acquisitions I did for Cisco, which is Pickstream, they were literally the younger siblings of RIM, which is BlackBerry, which is, you know, in the next company. And... Um, in in early 2000, that was the largest Canadian acquisition, tech acquisition of all time. So uh, Waterloo and Kitchener are great places to be. Quick question for you. How much was a T1 into your bedroom back then in U.S. dollars? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was 2500 bucks a month uh, on a three-year contract. And that was for a, a whopping 1.5 uh, megabits per second. So, yeah, <laughs> pretty expensive. And your parents, were they the ones footing the bill? No, uh, I paid for that uh, out of uh, out of my web development business. And, uh, and yeah, I ended up with probably a six-server network. And, uh, and yeah, just kind of had it running out of a closet. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. So then how did that then lead to what you're doing with pre-search now? How did that lead into the whole blockchain space? Yeah, so so kind of between then and pre-search, uh, I started another company called ShopCity.com uh, that I still uh, run, and uh, it's, it's kind of a platform for local businesses to connect with their uh, local communities online, so each community gets their own domain name, so uh, ShopSF.com would be one of them. Uh, and uh, and basically just kind of built out this this franchise-like model where we provide a, a platform and uh, and then a local entrepreneur will buy the rights to it and then do the sales and marketing in their community. And uh, through that, started really kind of getting interested in, in local economies and alternative currencies. And I still see that really as, as being kind of a bit of an end game with ShopCity.com. You can get all the local merchants to accept a community currency uh, there's some tremendous power there. And so I kind of had this, this interest. And then also through that business, uh, you know, we've been selling advertising uh, for quite some time. And uh, we had looked at selling advertising credits. So uh, we've got a SaaS platform, but uh, a lot of the time, you know, you, you kind of 
uh, some businesses may not need it. They might be seasonal or, uh, you know, when somebody's actually out there selling a business, it might not be the right time for the, the business to actually have that need. But if you had an advertising credit, uh, you could still, you know, close the deal and then the business could basically use those credits, uh, when they are, are ready to. And so we kind of had this, this bit of a, a foundation in, in blockchain and, and kind of, you know, the predecessor to cryptocurrency. And then uh, in around 2017, uh, we, as you know, the space was heating up and the tech was starting to mature and, and Ethereum was making it uh, possible to, you know, mint these tokens without really uh, having to run the node infrastructure and have all the associated perils of uh, trying to maintain security on, on a decentralized network. Uh, we realized that the time was right to to uh, do something that uh, was a, a bit of a different, you know, non-local at a global level. Hey, Colin. And uh, hey, Colin, yeah. you're getting you're getting right into the good part. So I'm going to bring you back for the next segment and start talking more about where we're at in this discussion. So once again, you've got Colin Pape, who is the founder of PreSearch, a decentralized search engine. So think of a decentralized Google browser. And if you have any questions or comments about what Colin's talking about, email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll be right back. The NTT Open Innovation Contest 10.0 is now open for submissions. Interested startups should definitely check this out. Your company could win up to $100,000 of funding and win a trip to Tokyo to get shepherded by NTT Data's ecosystem. Go to oi.nttdata.com or svn.biz for more information. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders, welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. I'm joined with Colin Pape, who is the founder of PreSearch, a decentralized search engine out of the Ontario area of Canada. Welcome back, Colin. Thank you, Keith. Hey, Colin, we're talking about pre-search with a decentralized search engine. I think a good question, because I think people continue to be reminded, is why is a token, you know, quote-unquote a cryptocurrency-like substance, why is that needed in your infrastructure? Yeah, so it's a, it's a great question. We get it all the time. Uh, so really the pre-token, uh, which is the, the ticker symbol PRE, uh, it's an incentivized uh, token. So we offer it to people to switch their searches to pre-search. And so that's kind of the, the consumer side of things. And then on the other, uh, the sponsors, marketers, businesses, however you want to refer to them, that want to reach people through the platform, very similar to Google AdWords, they purchase those tokens. Uh, and, and that's kind of the uh, currency that's utilized through the system. So Ultimately, what we have is basically the sponsors directly rewarding the searchers for their attention. And so it, it kind of creates this, uh, you know, closed loop uh, token ecosystem. And then as the value for those tokens is uh, uh, kind of known and, and uh, as they're valued by the, the market, it enables us to then uh, incentivize people to run decentralized infrastructure. So they could run nodes that do web crawling or indexing, and we could compensate them in tokens and, and basically ultimately uh, have this fully decentralized model where you're not running on 
any type of centralized infrastructure and where, uh, you know, there's really just kind of this, this small piece in the middle uh, where, where the pre-search entity is kind of covering whatever cost it is, but essentially most of the revenue that's coming into the system is being paid out to the, the actual users and the stakeholders. So it's uh, kind of that, that middle piece that facilitates all that. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for explaining. So let's get back right into pre-search. Pre-search as a decentralized form of a search engine akin to a Google. How did that come about as cool. a concept? Yeah, so, so really the, the genesis for it was uh, actually just an, an incident that we had in 2011. Uh, woke up in the middle of July and uh, almost all of the shopcity.com sites had, had somehow uh, received a penalty from Google so that even if you search for them by brand name, so Shop Midland or shopmidland.com, for instance, it was coming up on page eight of the Google results. And we kind of went through this whole saga with them and participated in uh, the 2011-2012 FTC investigation into Google uh, from an antitrust perspective. And, and really just, you know, when your Google traffic goes away overnight, you start to realize just how much power and influence they have over the Internet. And it really just kind of didn't feel right. And it felt like there should be, uh, you know, more of a, a community type uh, alternative to Google and, and something that, uh, you know, you, you could actually reach somebody with. Uh, our, our big kind of moment with them was not just that it, it had happened where our sites had been, uh, you know, demoted. It was that there was no process and nobody to contact and it was just this, this kind of brick wall. And uh, so that was really kind of the, the genesis moment, thinking that something uh, needed to be created and then started thinking about how that would be done and uh, kind of came up with the core concept and the, the alpha product and just used it internally, but really didn't see how there could be a go-to-market strategy until in 2017 we realized that we could uh, crowdfund it and we could leverage the token to incentivize people to actually use it and, uh, you know, kind of replicate AdWords uh, and have all the ad units denominated in pre-tokens. And so that was, uh, was kind of how it all came together. Yeah, this is super interesting, especially given where we're at. You mentioned Google and deranking or in other platforms, YouTube demonetizing. Those are big, big things happening in the industry right now, especially as we're leading into the 2020 U.S. elections, right? Uh, all these different groups, uh, liberals, conservatives, people with platforms, they're all claiming, whether it's Twitter or YouTube or Facebook or Google, that they're getting demonetized or deranked. And so um, using a platform like PreSearch is a potential way for people to uh, stay ahead of that and still be able to uh, get the financial rewards that they were getting before. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there's a lot of power that's put in, been put into the hands of, of very few entities. And I, I think a lot of the challenges are, are not necessarily intentional. I think they're unintended consequences and uh, yet, you know, because of the, the scale of these entities, it's really hard to, to kind of, you know, get anybody to really do anything about some of these, these issues. And, you know, none of them seem to really have, have focused a whole lot on community governance or on uh, any types of, you know, processes 
when there are these edge case scenarios that, that cause real harm to, uh, you know, businesses, consumers, uh, competitors. And so we're really looking to kind of create that, that level playing field, almost like a Switzerland of search. And, uh, uh, yeah, the time is really, uh, right as far as, uh, just the awareness that's building. And then, you know, thanks to, uh, Ethereum and, and other blockchains and cryptocurrency, it's, uh, opening up a whole, range of opportunities to go to market that didn't exist before. So really exciting times. That's a great term, Switzerland of search. I like it. Uh, are you a native chain or are you built on top of another one? Yeah, so we're, we're currently using uh, Ethereum and we've kind of got a, almost like a batch model. So uh, a lot of stuff happens off chain, uh, just, you know, the current scale of the platform. We, we've got 1.2 million uh, registered users. We're doing, you know, a million uh, plus queries per day. And so there's, there's really a lot of activity. And so all the microtransactions, basically, you know, those individual rewards that are, uh, being, uh, calculated for the searchers, for instance, uh, to do that on chain would be both, you know, extremely, uh, cost prohibitive, but also currently, uh, just, you know, not possible from a, a scale standpoint. There are a couple of chains that, uh, that we're exploring. Uh, that appear that they may be able to handle the volume, uh, EOS, uh, being one, uh, a lot of the Dan Larimer projects actually, uh, BitShares, Steam, those kind of proof of stake, uh, type models appear that they would support the scale. Uh, but really there, there isn't anything that's a hundred percent, uh, proven yet. And so we're doing more of this batch model where, uh, at a point, you know, you kind of reach a threshold. And then you have the ability to basically pull your tokens out to a blockchain or to, you know, take the tokens that you purchased uh, and and load them in uh, through the blockchain. Oh, I totally get it. And uh, a conversation we can have um, on our own time, but uh, I'm very close to the EOS community. It launched at our Tulip conference um, a year ago, which wasn't because of our conference, but just coincidentally, that's when the block producers voted to launch the mainnet, and there's a lot of history on that. So, yeah, I mean, certainly nice. uh, the question about that was you're currently on a decentralized blockchain, which sounds like public Ethereum, but you're doing a lot of things off-chain to reduce the cost and the scalability that's required. And so we're going to get into the next segment in just a minute, and we're going to talk about how you can get engaged with pre-search. I am speaking to Colin Pape. Who is the founder of PreSearch? If you have any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz. If you missed any part of this, download the podcast on iTunes, on Google, or on Omni. We'll be right back. The NTT Open Innovation Contest 10.0 is now open for submissions. Interested startups should definitely check this out. Your company could win up to $100,000 of funding and win a trip to Tokyo to get shepherded by NTT Data's ecosystem. Go to oi.nttdata.com or svn.biz for more information. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Once again, I have Colin Pape, who is the founder of PreSearch, a decentralized web browser. So earlier I talked about a new email vulnerability that you have to all be careful of. It's being dubbed a vendor email compromise. And what that is, is there's a newly discovered cyber criminal gang 
that actually is putting together very authentic looking invoices and sending them to targeted customers and businesses in email. And they look so real that most likely you will click on it or somebody in your company will click on it and it'll either be malware or you'll have the wrong instructions in there and you'll end up losing a lot of money. So I just want you to always be very, very cautious about the emails you're getting, even invoices from vendors you think that they are. And they could be email addresses with one letter off, one digit off, a domain that is .org versus .com. You just always need to be very careful and vigilant. And that's the Cyber Tip of the Week. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. I'm joined once again with Colin Pape, who is the founder of Presearch, a decentralized search engine. So think of Google. And Colin is out of the northern Silicon Valley, which is not here, but in Ontario, Canada. Welcome back, Colin. Thanks, Keith. So, Colin, we've talked a lot about the history behind you and Presearch. What I think people really want to know is how do they start using it? How do they get engaged? Awesome. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's really something that our platform is, uh, is optimized for because it's, uh, something that everybody does online, which is search. Search is really one of the core use cases for the internet. Google's obviously done a tremendous job at, uh, uh achieving market share, you know, 90% plus, uh, uh-huh. depending on the geography. And, uh, you know, we've got this, this really kind of centralized, uh, take on the internet because everything happens really through Google. And so uh, what we have developed is a way for people to uh, have just a different level of control uh, of their searches. And, and it's really uh, for power users in particular, uh, you know, quite uh, a time saver. And it's, it's very convenient because you can go online you can go to presearch.org, you can create an account and we've got about 100 different search utilities that are available, uh, anything from general search engines like DuckDuckGo and Google, uh, as well as our, our own pre-search engine, uh, to things that are, are more focused. So maybe you're doing uh, you know, Ethereum token lookups uh, through Etherscan or uh, Bitcoin on blockchain.info or domain name lookup. Or maybe you want to be able to search your own internal CRM. Maybe you're using something like Trello and uh, you want to be able to uh, look up, you know, project details. It's a way to basically pass your query string through kind of this federated search field out to any of those different platforms. So you don't have to bookmark things, pull them up, wait for them to load, find the search field, and then run your search. You can just go to your, your one kind of central uh, search field and then direct your query wherever you'd like. And then in the process, people who are doing that, they earn pre-search tokens. And so we're rewarding people for actually uh, utilizing the platform. They can also earn pre-tokens for uh, introducing other people uh, to the platform. There's a referral program where you can get 25 tokens for referring somebody, and then they get 25 bonus tokens as well. And uh, so it's, it's something that's almost like this on-ramp to crypto. Uh, we've got, yeah, 1.2 million uh, registered users. Uh, a lot of people are, uh, you know, crypto enthusiasts, but there's a lot of people that are kind of new to the, the world of blockchain, and it's just a really easy way for them to, uh, you know, get out there, uh, start owning some cryptocurrency that they, that they earn, 
and uh, and then you know they can participate in in kind of the growth of the community. And I think one of the key differences between a lot of blockchain projects, us included, and more traditional ones, is that you know we've got this Telegram community. So it's uh, t.me/presearch, and you can go online through Telegram, and we've got admins, uh, but also you know different people from the project that are, are pretty active in there and answer questions. And so if you have feedback, you can go in and you can uh, actually, you know, help shape the direction of the project. And uh, it also kind of holds project leaders accountable as well, which is uh, something that's uh, a, a little bit different. And having that kind of direct connection with the people that are uh, working behind the project, it's, it's different than, you know, the days when Google was created uh, none of these mechanisms were, you know, needed. None of them really existed. And so they've got this kind of, you know, wall around them uh, where it's very hard to actually have any type of impact or provide feedback uh, with a lot of crypto projects. Uh, totally the opposite. It's kind of driven by the, the community. So, uh, yeah, presearch.org. Go create an account, uh, customize your search providers, save time, and then start earning crypto. So just to go back on a point, do you need if you're just doing the search, you're not interested in the crypto or advertising, do you do you need to still have a wallet or you can just search? Yeah, so so we basically automatically create a wallet when you register for an account. Uh, if you want to use the system without registering, you can and uh, you just won't earn cryptocurrency at, the, at that time, but what we do especially if you're using the pre-search engine, is we protect and respect your privacy and your data, just like, uh, you know, a fairly well-known search engine, DuckDuckGo. So we're not, you know, databasing your queries. We're not tracking you around the web. There's, uh, you know, no mechanism uh, that will, you know, have your, your query come back to, to haunt you in some way. And that's really important in today's day and age when a lot of people are, are feeling pretty jaded about uh, how their data has been abused and, you know, the creepy factor of, you know, looking for something on Google and then all of a sudden you've got ads for that thing following you around Facebook or you talk about something in the presence of, uh, you know, one of these uh, smart home devices and, uh, and all of a sudden those same types of things you were speaking about are following you around the web. That's, uh, you know, I, I think really invasive and uh, a lot of people... Uh, are looking for alternatives, and so uh, this is is one of those alternatives as well. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I've done lots of segments um, in the past talking about this exact situation where Google, Facebook, other companies claim that they don't do any direct correlation, but they can do indirect correlation. So I, I often bring up this story where I was doing a business meeting at a Starbucks, and my phones, the microphones are off. They're not integrated with Facebook, and um, I suppress all that. I come home and my Mac is scrolling ads on three very specific items that this gentleman was talking about. He was talking about for himself a very specific high-end watch, a very specific high-end camera, and a very specific high-end sports car. And all three of them were scrolling on my Facebook when I got home. So whoever else at wow. that Starbucks was listening in with their phones on default, because it doesn't normally happen. That's a, an anomaly for me. Yeah. But you're in a crowded room with everyone else's phones on. And so through the indirect method, it just assumed that I was in earshot of that conversation. Creepy, yeah, right? It's, it's, it's weird. It's super creepy. And, and more, you know, just in the past couple of weeks, there's, there's been some 
scandals that have started coming out about, you know, uh, and, and, and a lot of people, and this is really kind of Google's thing too. They always make it like it's the algorithm. Well, who, who, you know, wrote the algorithm? It was a human. And how do algorithms and machine learning work? Well, they, they look at data sets and then they have human reviewers who, who, you know, educate and inform the algorithms, you know, was it right? Was it wrong? And so in the process of doing that, it's come to light, uh, again, particularly over the past couple of weeks, that, you know, Amazon, uh, Google, Facebook, they all have these, and, and unfortunately, they're outside contractors. They're not generally even, uh, you know, it's, it's not like something where it's, it's kind of like this holy process that they, you know, really kind of protect. It's like they use outside contractors who have no real tie to the, the, you know, brand, the entity that people place their trust in. And they're sitting there listening to people's conversations, you know, under the guise of educating the algorithm and, and trying to make it better. But in the process, people are not informed, they're not aware, and their private communications are being intercepted. And in a lot of cases, there is personally identifiable information. If you say an address or somebody's name, I mean, everybody has a presence on Facebook or some other social network. It doesn't matter that, you know, you don't know the person. If you're online anywhere, somebody can, you know, do a search, pull you up, and all of a sudden they've got information that they could potentially use against you uh, in some way, or, you know, at the very least, have a chuckle, you know, amongst their friends. Oh, did you hear so-and-so's conversation about this? Yeah, here, here's what, you know, he or she looks like, and, you know, this is what they do. I mean, I, I, I think it's a real kind of violation of, of user trust. And, uh, you know, as this happens more and more and comes out more and more, uh, people's trust gets gets breached and, uh uh, they start looking at alternatives, and so, that's why you know DuckDuckGo is really on a tear. They've seen some huge growth this year. Hey, hey Colin, uh, I mean, I, I, know, to- I, I totally agree with you on this, and we can do a whole other show because I talk about it all the time. <laughs> so I think <laughs> in terms fun. of coming back to how pre-search solves for this, in just 30 seconds, uh, what do you think is the way that people will touch pre-search and then move into adoption? Yeah, so so I mean it's it's fairly easy to to get set up. Go to presearch.org, uh, create your account. I mean it, you can really do it to get the all the benefits, uh, you know the the tokens, the time savings, convenience. But it's also sending a message to these big tech companies, letting them know that you care about these things and that you have chosen a, a different path. And so uh, just by using the platform. You're kind of making your voice heard. They can see pre-search uh, in, in any of their web logs as, you know, being a referrer. And as pre-search grows in strength, we kind of see a, a future where it's almost, you know, something like a, a an advocacy group where, you know, we've got 10 million, 20 million, 100 million users. And then it gives kind of the community the power to stand up to some of these centralized resources and make their voice heard and, and affect change. All right. Well, Colin, thanks for being on the show today. I want everyone to stay tuned because we're going to talk about the pivot with you next. Any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz. You want to rehear this episode, download the podcast on iTunes or Google or Omni, and we'll be right back. 
The NTT Open Innovation Contest 10.0 is now open for submissions. Interested startups should definitely check this out. Your company could win up to $100,000 of funding and win a trip to Tokyo to get shepherded by NTT Data's ecosystem. Go to oi.nttdata.com or svn.biz for more information. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. My guest today has been Colin Pape, who is the founder of PreSearch, a decentralized search engine. So think of a decentralized Google. Welcome back, Colin. Thanks, Keith. So Colin, again, is out from the northern Silicon Valley and not northern Silicon Valley here, but out of Ontario, Canada. We've been talking all about his company, PreSearch, which is really liberating um, a lot of, in a lot of ways, search, but also business models. And what I mean by that is a lot has come out over the last couple of years, and especially as we're heading into the U.S. elections next year, that uh, in essence, not necessarily originally intended, but what has happened is Google, Facebook, uh, Microsoft, a lot of these large companies have in effect become centralized places to conduct business, to do searches, and that's actually taking power away out of the individual. Colin is really passionate about empowering the individual to taking back that liberty. And we're going to talk about, in the last segments, we're talking about individual, but I now want to bring it back, Colin, to this concept that it's actually affected a lot of commerce because companies that have relied on these large technology giants for marketing or advertising we're getting shut out, and you're actually giving them a way to get back in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was really kind of the, the genesis of, of this whole realization of just the, the market power that Google in particular has on the Internet. I mean, if you can't be found on Google, then you, you might as well not exist. And, uh, you know, so many businesses are just completely reliant on it. And uh, and they kind of control the entire funnel of of awareness for uh, products and services, as well as you know lots of other non-business uh, type content. And so it's it's you know this massive dependency that we all have. And you know I've been at conferences where you know somebody from Google will be on stage talking about how they're going to do this and that, and they don't realize that. They're talking about disrupting all these businesses uh, and, you know, the businesses, even though they, they, you know, object to a lot of this stuff, they're kind of whispering their, their criticisms in this hush-hush manner because they're, they're fearful that if they raise their voice too loud, they could potentially, you know, become subject of uh, some type of black box process where all of a sudden their stuff doesn't rank as well and it could tank their business. And so we're in this kind of weird uh, you know, situation where uh, there's this huge, uh, you know, exertion of power with no real oversight and no real uh, ability for people to, to have a voice. And what to me has been really exciting about blockchain is, is how it levels the playing field and how it enables all these different stakeholders within an ecosystem to have a voice. And so as you participate uh, within PreSearch, for instance, as a, as a business, you can buy pre-tokens, which you use for uh, advertising. And when you buy those early, let's say, as opposed to somebody who's buying them years out, uh, you're kind of rewarded for being an early adopter of the ecosystem and a promoter of the ecosystem. 
And uh, so, you know, a lot of the businesses that first, uh, you know, helped to raise Google's profile, for instance, now they're on, you know, the same playing field as everybody else. Right. And they've almost kind of been been penalized for, for helping to build Google's dominance, you know. Yellow Pages companies and, and marketers that kind of everybody got everybody onto Google and now Google is kind of, you know, in control and is, is disintermediating a lot of those early adopter partners. And so with this model, it's really more of kind of a, a loyal uh, type model. Uh, people who are helping to build the ecosystem become stakeholders with actual tokens that have value and that put them on the same level as everybody throughout the project, including those who are running it. And uh, it's just, yeah, a, a different way to look at kind of this federation of, of technology and uh, utilizing technology in a way that is empowering to individuals, empowering to stakeholders, rather than one that has this massive potential to, to really, uh, you know, control uh, outcomes. So... As people get excited about pre-search, this could be their first entry into, in essence, cryptocurrency. What do you think the learning curve will be like with just the last minute we have left? Yeah, I mean, we, we're trying to make it really easy, and there's a lot of really, I, I think, you know, well-intentioned people who are, are kind of in the uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain space, you know, for the social change and for that leveling of the playing field. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting to, uh, you know, be able to connect with people on this level, have them, you know, become stakeholders in your ecosystem and, uh, and help you to really kind of build this community-driven project. It's not, you know, top-down, it's bottom-up and grassroots. Well, Colin, thanks again for being on the show today. I look forward to hearing what Presearch is going to be doing. If you have any questions or comments about today's show, email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll see you next week. The NTT Open Innovation Contest 10.0 is now open for submissions. Interested startups should definitely check this out. Your company could win up to $100,000 of funding and win a trip to Tokyo to get shepherded by NTT Data's ecosystem. Go to oi.nttdata.com or svn.biz for more information. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN. 